Welcome to Rapid Roundup, a series where we take several games throughout the week, do many critiques on them, and let you know what we think. Throughout all of this, my name is Moriarty. And this is Brax. And this week, we'll be taking a look at Skytropolis. Parking Cop Simulator. Cartong Death by Cardboard. Don't Make Love. Later on in the week on Wednesday, we will be taking a look at The Low Road, a game that puts you in the place of a newly hired spy who has just graduated from the Spy Academy. It isn't as action-packed as 007, but this game is full of moral dilemmas that will make you really consider the differences between right and wrong as you make decisions about your career path. And then on Friday, we'll take a look at L.A. Noir: The VR Case Files. I think this might be the best VR game that has ever come out. However, at the same time, I have some very serious concerns about the disconnect from people who have played this game and those who haven't and who this is really designed for. But for now, let's round them up. Skytropolis is a game about building a giant tower. It's Sim Tower in VR, but it's also not in VR if you don't want it to be. I would prefer it to be in VR, obviously. This looks like a god mode game where I have a top-down view and I go around and build stuff, am I right? No, it's a giant tower, so you actually have a side view, and that means that you can go up and down the tower as you please, building floors on top of one another. Oh, well I was mistaken. How about that? Is there any objective, or is it just like a playground sandbox type thing? There are various challenges for various levels, whether it be getting a certain happiness score, making a certain amount of money, getting a certain number of residents in the tower, and as you complete them, you'll have a time limit of maybe one or two years, whatever it ends up being. You go through, you do that, there you go. That's the whole game there. It's an interesting title because it's fun in both VR and non-VR mode, which I enjoyed. The non-VR mode is a little simplistic compared to a lot of building games out there. So if you were to take a sim tower type of game in non-VR and compare it to this in non-VR, you would say, it's okay, it's not incredible. And that would be totally fair. I prefer simplicity in my building games. You watched me play Planet Coaster, and I hated it because it was too complicated. I like older ways of doing these sorts of games. Is there an economy in this? There is an economy. It's all based off of demand, and as you meet their demand, they're going to pay you rent. So you've got demand for residential space, commercial space, hotels, entertainment. Additionally, everything that you build is going to take up some sort of a utility cost, whether it be recycling space or power or whatever and so you have to match all of that or you have to import it which will affect your profitability i'm glad to hear that because i was scared that it was just go around and build stuff but now you do have to manage your money which adds another component to it the fact that you say that it's fun in non-vr and vr really says a lot to me as well because a lot of games that I've played that are both are only fun in VR. So perhaps this is actually a good game. What is the price? This is definitely one of the more expensive titles. It is a $25 game. I feel like it's worth it if you really like building, but at the same time I feel like it's not worth it because it's not great as a VR title or as a desktop title. You've got a bit of a split priority here in that Everything is quicker and easier in non-VR, 
but everything is cooler in VR, but harder to do. For example, when you're in VR, you're not going to be able to quickly and easily get to what you want to do without going through these little menus. In fact, it took me quite a while to figure out how I could make things bigger and smaller, and that meant that I spent more time playing in the non-VR mode having a good time than I did in the VR mode having a good time. So, it's a better non-VR game than it is a VR game, but it's a cooler VR game than it is a non-VR game. But neither of those warrant $25, in my opinion. You had me until you told me the price, and now I feel bad. I don't want to recommend this for $25. I don't think that it would be worth it, to be completely honest. I think $25, again, is asking a bit much. But I also think that it's a lot of fun for people who enjoy these type of games. It is a vertical mega city game like sim tower and you can go as high as you want this could be a 200 floor tower as far as i can tell i haven't reached the top yet i i can go as high as i want and not reach the top so i feel like there's a lot of value here in that but it's also fairly simplistic i was able to reach my goal of having a three-star tower with 3,000 residents relatively quickly. I would say in less than an hour, I was able to reach the end goal point. So I'm not sure that there's enough content here yet either, but it is still a lot of fun. Parking Cop Simulator is a game that does exactly what you would guess it would. It puts you in the position of a parking cop. You walk around, you look at cars, you determine whether or not they have committed a violation, and then you leave a ticket on the car with a set price, and the prices range depending upon how serious the violation is. The one thing about this game that is incredibly frustrating, especially in the first few minutes, is that you have to remember an incredible amount of things, and within the first couple of minutes you have a dialogue with a person that is training you. She lists off all of the different kinds of violations, there's around 10, and she also lists off how much each of those will cost the violator. The problem that I had was remembering all of this stuff and it became really frustrating to the point that I actually wrote down each of the violations and how much each of them cost on a Word document and I could just click back and forth between the game and the Word document. That way I could do it without having to remember. So I cheated. But I'm okay with that because I feel like there is just too much to remember in a short amount of time because this game doesn't really even have much of a tutorial other than here's the things, remember them, now go. I absolutely agree. This is a game from a single developer, but it feels like there's so much that he wants to add into it and none of it is finalized yet. For example, there's an inventory system. It's the most awkward thing in the world, but it exists, and the whole reason it exists is so that you can have a booklet that lists out all of the prices of everything. Again, it felt unnecessary, but at the same time, this is a difficult game in a way that I haven't seen much of, in that it's not difficult in quick aiming or in having tactical awareness or anything like that. This is a difficult game in that you have to actually be observant, paying attention, noticing what is going on and being patient about it, finding all of the various citations for a single vehicle, noting the time and the date, which, by the way, I didn't even notice for the first 15 minutes of playing because it's hidden away up in the upper right corner. 
Same here, I did not even notice the date and time for a while either, but once I did, I had more success with the parking permits and the people that had paid their tolls for an hour or whatever, and then I could actually give them the violations, but then I had the problem of remembering the price again. One thing that's also difficult to me is actually identifying what a car might be doing wrong, because for instance, if a car is parked in front of a building, sometimes I can't decide, are they illegally parked there? or are they blocking access so like you said about being observant that is certainly part of it but because of the way the game is laid out it gets really confusing at times and you have to really figure out what it looks like when a car is blocking a path or when a car is parked on the sidewalk or blocking another vehicle and a lot of those things get a little too nitty-gritty for my taste the nice thing is this is a two dollar game yeah, and that is the saving grace of it. I think that it is worth $2. Like you said, it was developed by one person, and it's not a bad game. It's really different, and it's something I'm not used to. It's going to take you a while, like at least an hour, to really remember everything you have to remember. And at that point, you might actually start having a lot of fun with it. Because it is at that price, I would say to check it out. Cartong Death by Cardboard is a miniature stealth FPS roguelike in VR. That interests me, but at the same time, I'm a bit skeptical because when I hear that a VR game is combining way too many elements into one experience, it always makes me a little bit nervous. And I can understand that completely because it is a whole bunch of different things that's going on here, but thankfully it's coming from a developer who has some experience in VR. The first part of that is the word miniature, which means that you're the size of a toilet paper roll which is the literal size that they compare you to. It's also an FPS, which is pretty obvious. It's a roguelike in that it has multiple seeds and they're all randomized. So every time you go into a map, it's gonna be different. And since the goal of the game is to escape the map, and eventually find your way out of the greater city. Every time you restart, it's going to be different, therefore it's going to be harder. There's also different difficulty levels that make it additionally harder. There's various upgrades, all sorts of things along those lines. So it's a really interesting title there, but the most interesting thing for me is the stealth part. You can see that there is teleport in this game. There's also a D-pad movement, though that handles the stealth a little bit differently, but in teleport, when you click to go somewhere, you're going to see a red line show up, and then you're going to see it slowly turn blue. Once it turns fully blue, you're sneaking, which means that part of the goal is to move slowly throughout the map and sneak around. You can choose to run if you want to, but if you do, you're going to pull in bad guys, and they're going to come looking for you. Some of them are invincible, except that they can be knocked out for a short period of time, so fighting these bad guys is not a smart decision. If they hit you once or twice, you're completely knocked out, which means you're going to be starting it over again. It seems to me that because this is a roguelike, that patience would be very important because there's nothing more that I hate than having to start over. Actually, sneaking would be the slowest yet most efficient way to go through this without having to, for me at least, get pissed off because I lost and had to start over. That sounds interesting. It also sounds like it could be infuriating because I have a habit of wanting to go through things too fast, but the fact that this game makes me pursue some sort of balance does intrigue me, I'll admit. It's an enjoyable title. It does take a whole lot of different things into it, and it tries to do a lot. It's from the same developers who did survive the Deus Helix, which was a escape the room type of game. So they've taken a lot of that and they've added in a little bit more, and it's definitely got a feeling of polish to it. It's a neat game, and it's only $9. So I feel like 
if you're willing to take the risk of playing a very unique title, which has a whole lot going on in it, then this is definitely something for you. Survive, or Survivive, or however you would say that, was a good game, a neat game that I liked. So I think charging $9 for a game from an experienced dev team is a totally fair price. And now that I see it, I'm not as scared of the multiple different gameplay elements coming into it, because the way you describe the RPG stuff, that seems like it's not too much, it's just something that's there to add to the gameplay itself as you progress throughout. So I think that that's a fair price for it and I would certainly check it out for $9. Don't Make Love is a chatbot game that allows you to take on the role of a praying mantis. You can be either the male or the female. Moriarty, were you aware that when a praying mantis has sex with another praying mantis, when they mate, that the female actually will kill the male? Yes. That is the problem that these two mantises are encountering because they want to take their relationship to the next level. And they want to mate and they might even want to have kids, but they also know that there's a very good possibility that she will kill them because she won't be able to control herself. So the majority of the game is going to be you having a conversation with your mate, whether you choose to be male or female, and you type things into the chat box and you will get a reply. The problem becomes when you say things and all you get back are questions and I know why that's there to prevent the game from becoming too circular but at the same time it also makes the dialogue a bit repetitive in itself because it's simply say something get asked a question say something else and it repeats itself over and over and you can use things like give her a kiss or him a kiss caress hug smile frown they have little keys like that that you can click on that will give your mate a different reaction and that response would lead to new dialogue options but it's still a chatbot at heart and that's really all it is even though it can be entertaining to type in silly stuff or if you want to take it more seriously to try to have a real conversation about this moral dilemma that these two mantises are facing. It's a hand-drawn art piece so it is an attractive art style. It's seven dollars though which feels a little bit more on the pricey side even if you are looking at the moral dilemma side of things. This feels more like a three or four dollar game for me in that you're probably only going to play it one or two times. You're not going to play through and experience everything that that seven dollar price would normally encompass. Instead you're going to play it for 30, 40, maybe an hour and not experience the full thing. I can agree with that. There are different outcomes and you could play it a few times if you were just really hell-bent on experiencing every single possible outcome. I guess you could spend a few hours playing this but in a realistic sense, pragmatically, I don't think very many people are going to sit down and commit that much time and effort to it. For me, it's going to be a half hour, maybe full hour experience where you're going to play through these conversations once, twice, maybe at the outside three times, and then you're probably going to be finished with this game for the rest of your life. Because of that, I think the $7, even though that's not a lot of money, it's still a bit too much in my opinion. I think this goes somewhere under $5, and for that price, I would recommend it. So if you catch it on sale, perhaps you would want to pursue that opportunity. It's not a bad game. It's just really simple, and you're not going to spend a lot of time in it. It's a neat idea, but at its core, it's just a chatbot. Merry Christmas, Brax! Merry Christmas, Moriarty! Today is, of course, Christmas. If you're watching this day of release, and if you're not, you gotta go click that little bell button so that you could be watching this on Christmas morning. It's like your Christmas gift from us. And your Christmas gift to us. 
Right? It's the same. Look at this relationship. We give you a gift. You give us a gift. It's a beautiful thing. Just go ahead and click the bell. You could do it right now. You could do it. Touch the bell. Touch the bell. Now, Christmas is my favorite holiday of the year. I love Christmas. And when this video comes out, I can guarantee you I already know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to be sitting on my couch, I'm going to be surrounded by family, and I'm going to be drinking a mimosa. <laughs> you drink a mimosa at Christmas. Is that a tradition or something? I've done it my whole life. As far back as I can remember, it was a mimosa for Christmas. That is odd, but also cool, man. Like, I don't judge. If people have holiday traditions like that that make them happy, that's what is most important, and I say absolutely go for it. Because this video will come out at 11, so I will probably have already eaten some sort of a breakfast that we will have all had together kind of a thing, you know, like eggs and bacon and toast or something. I don't know. Something very basic, I'm sure. And I will have poured my first mimosa. I might be on my second mimosa. I am almost certainly wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt and maybe some slippers. I'm sitting on the couch surrounded by my family and we're just kind of hanging out talking. I guarantee you the Yule Log is on the TV. That crappy thing. I ate it so much, but it really warms my mom's heart. She likes having the little dog sitting in front of the fireplace listening to the terrible, terrible Christmas renditions from people you've never heard of. And right now, about 11 o'clock, I'm going to be probably getting the stockings off of the chimney. I think you've described... Pretty much the best parts of Christmas. Like, if you have Christmas memories or you think about what it's like in, like, you know, the the perfect scenario. Like, something you can make a movie out of. Like, you've described it so well. Like, the relaxed clothing. The spirit is there with the music. Everyone's feeling great. You make sure your mom is happy that day. That's really awesome, man, the way that you described it. I like that. It's my favorite day of the year. I love Christmas. And so I don't have a whole lot that I really want to talk about today, which means that this will be a little bit shorter of a video, but Merry Christmas, Brax, and Merry Christmas to the viewers of this channel and anybody who follows us on Twitter or on Twitch or anything like that. Merry Christmas to all of you. You are making this year even better. This is now almost two years that we've done this. And this is our second Christmas on Crymore, and I'm, I'm just very, very happy that we have the audience and the people who want to watch this. Absolutely. Of course, I hope by next Christmas that we have even more people that we can thank and that things are just running really smoothly. It's been a really fast and a really exciting ride. It doesn't seem like I've been doing video content for as long as I have. Like when you say it's been nearly two years, that's just really mind-blowing to me. But it also makes me reflect back. And the important thing about this whole Crymore thing is that not only have I learned a lot about content creation or making videos or interacting with viewers, and you guys are all awesome, but I've also made some really great friends. And for that, I am thankful on this Christmas. And it is a pleasure to know Moriarty now and to have become friends with him. So Merry Christmas to you too, sir. And Merry Christmas to our viewers. Some of you guys, I've even become friends with you and it just makes me festive. I feel festive. So I hope everyone's having a great day as of the recording of this and that you guys are all enjoying your Christmas. I'm going to take this opportunity to say thank you to a few random people who are out there who have been here. I want to thank the Golden Bolt. I want to thank Sean. I want to thank Rossi. I want to thank Jay from Fanfic Radio, Wasocracy, Kizzy, Sir Jeff, Jeffers, 
Paradigm of Poe, uh, Digital and Dice, B-Rabbit, Meg, Castle of Warriors, Doc, I Miss You Doc, Axel, War, and all the others out there that I, I can't take up enough time to say thank you to. I did want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to you. Absolutely. All of the people you just mentioned are people that I've met as well, and I'm really fortunate to have met even Bolt, I guess. If we're, He's okay, too. <laughs> just kidding. Love you, buddy. I mentioned him first just so that he'll post comments and say nice things about us and do that kind of thing. I, otherwise, I wouldn't even mention him. But Right? We're using him for his interaction. That's all. That's the only reason you're there, Bolty. Just know. So Merry Christmas. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to watch another one, you can do that up there in the corner. If you like this video, go ahead and give it a like. Maybe you give it a share. And as always, we'll see you guys next year.